Hey, it's Andy. Welcome or welcome back to the Brownsbridge Church podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download the Brownsbridge Church app where you can access all of our recent message content as well as find out more information about Brownsbridge Church. And the app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend. But most importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Good morning. Like Adam said, my name is Beth and I am excited that we're going to get to spend some time together this morning. And I don't know if anybody is feeling what I am feeling, but I cannot believe that we are already in the final stretch of the year, that somehow we are already in the middle of November, uh, which means we are in the prime time for the very heated debate of, is it too early to put up your Christmas decorations or not? Who are my wait until after Thanksgiving people? Where are you at? Okay, a bunch of you. Who is the, it's never too early, like put the Christmas decor up. Yes, I typically am a wait until after Thanksgiving. Like I let that season have its moment and then the Christmas decorations are up. This year, I don't know what came over me, but my decorations have been up since November 2nd. Like I have been enjoying them for over a week. And if you are waiting until after Thanksgiving, I get it. But for whatever reason this year, I've seen a lot of stuff online that has said research shows, and I don't know what research, and I don't know if it's true, but it has said research shows that if you put your Christmas decorations up early, you're happier. And I thought, I wanna be happy this year. So the decorations are up. This is your permission to just go for it if you have not yet put them up. But it really does feel like we are in like the full swing of the holiday season, which also means we are starting to get to that time of year where we often pause and take a moment to reflect back on the year we just had. We reflect back on the things that we experienced, maybe the things that we learned, the things that we did or that we didn't do. And there's a good chance that a lot of us in the beginning of the year, at some point throughout this year, we made some commitments to some things that we were gonna do, some things that we were gonna change, maybe some things that, that we thought were important in our life and needed some improvement. And so maybe early in the year, you were someone where you made the commitment that this was gonna be the year where like exercising regularly, this was it. This was your year that you were gonna make it happen. Or this was the year where you were gonna build that savings account, like you were gonna get the finances together and get better at that. Or uh, maybe this was the year where you decided, you know what, I am actually going to schedule and keep all of the doctor's appointments that I need to be going to. Or if you're anything like me, it was a year where you thought, you know what? We're gonna get our stuff together. We're gonna be healthier. We're gonna save money. We are gonna meal prep at home. We're gonna make coffee at home. This is the year we're gonna make it happen. And maybe some of you, you're thinking about maybe some things that you decide you're gonna do and you're feeling pretty good about yourself right now. But I would guess most of us maybe not feeling so great. We had some good intentions, some motivation at the beginning of the year, decided on some things that we thought were important, but we maybe didn't necessarily follow through. I know that for me, I had the great intentions of meal prep and being healthy and saving money, but my fridge is still the place where leftovers go to die. Like it has not changed. That is still reality in my life. And now if you're feeling guilty, and you're feeling a little bit hard on yourself, don't be too hard on yourself. Because the idea of knowing that there are things that may be in our life that we should commit to, 
or knowing that there are things that are important, or maybe knowing there's some things that we should change, but then actually doing them and actually following through is something that actually a majority of us struggle with. And looking into this idea, I found uh, some stats that I thought were pretty interesting. Some stats like this, that only 31% of Americans go to the dentist twice a year. So if you are actually going to the dentist twice a year, you're doing better than most of America. It's something that we know that we should be doing, but we don't always do it. Or there's this, that 92% of Americans say it's important to get a yearly physical, but only 62% actually report getting them. And I I think that 62% is pretty high. I actually thought it would be a little bit lower, but in comparison to the 92% of us who say they're important, not so great. Or there's this, that 48% of Americans are happy with their bank account, which means that over half of us in this room aren't happy with where our bank account is and it often causes us to wanna do things differently, to make some changes. Or lastly, this one, 28% of Americans get adequate exercise. And adequate exercise was defined as two and a half hours a week. So the majority of us, I will, I will include myself in this, the majority of us, we're not doing it. Like we're not getting the adequate exercise that we should be getting. And it makes a lot of sense that things around health, finances, quality of life, are often things that we decide to make commitments around. They're often the things in our life that that we want to make changes to because we know that they're important. But then a lot of times the pace of life, things in life, our follow through doesn't always happen. And the reality is we all have things we should do, but don't do. We all have things in life that we know we should be doing, We all have things in life that we know are important and we know that we should be doing them, but we don't always do them. And we know that things in our life, especially when it's related to our health, our finances, anything that is related to our quality of life, we know that there are things that we should be doing because we know that if we actually did them, we would see the benefit in our life. We don't have to convince ourselves why, why certain things in life are important and why we should be doing certain things. We know that if we did them, we would see the benefit. But we also know that there are things in life that again, with our finances, our health, anything related to our quality of life, we know that there are things that if we ignore for too long, we run the risk of experiencing the consequences in our life. And oftentimes when things in our life are ignored for too long, it can cause us more stress, more money, or more dreaded doctor's appointments. And so this morning, we're gonna be talking about something that we should all be doing. In fact, it's the most important thing that we should all be doing, but we don't always do it. We don't always know how to do it, or maybe some of us don't even know that we should be doing it. Today, we're launching a brand new series called Check Your Heart where we're spending three weeks talking about our heart and how our heart affects our life and faith. And when we're talking about the heart in the spiritual sense, we're really talking about our mind, our soul, our spirit, the center of everything. And there's something that when it comes to our heart that we all should be doing, but we don't always do. In fact, this thing that we should be doing, it is the most important thing that any of us could do. 
And King Solomon, who is the writer of Proverbs, who is considered to be the wisest man who ever lived, there's something that he urged all of us that we should do. And what King Solomon writes is really the launching point for us for this entire series. And here's what King Solomon says. He says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So above all else, this is the most important thing you should do. Above everything else, do this thing, guard your heart. Guard your heart, protect it, cultivate it, watch it, check it. And he says, you should do this because everything you do flows from it. Your heart is the center of everything. In other words, the condition of your heart affects the condition of your life. The type of life that you live, it starts with what is going on in your heart. What you're known for, it starts with what is going on in your heart. Your habits, it starts with what is going on in your heart. Your behaviors, it starts with what is going on in your heart. Your heart is the center of everything. And the condition of your heart affects the condition of your life. And so if we were to do what King Solomon said to do, and if we were to guard our hearts well, well then we would see the benefit of that in our life. We would see why it's worth doing. But if we don't do what King Solomon urges us to do, if we don't guard our heart well, well then we will experience the consequences of that in our life. And if this is really true, that the condition of your heart affects the condition of your life, then it's probably worth paying attention to the condition of our heart. And so this morning, I want us to look at one way that that we can pay attention, we can measure the condition and the state of our heart. And we figure this out, it's in an interaction that Jesus has with a group of people called the Pharisees. And the Pharisees, they were religious people, but they didn't like Jesus very much. They didn't like the way that Jesus taught. They didn't like the way that Jesus interacted with other people. And the Pharisees were often very judgmental. They always thought that they were right. They were hateful towards other groups of people. And Matthew records this conversation that Jesus has with this group of Pharisees. And essentially Jesus is calling them out. And he is telling them that there is something that they do. And this thing that they do, it reveals to Jesus what is really going on inside of their hearts. And so here is what Matthew records. He says, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. And so if you wanna know the condition of your heart, if you wanna know the state of your heart, then pay attention to the words that you speak. And I'll be honest with you guys, The more that I read this passage of scripture and the more that I studied this passage, uh, the more that I didn't like it because I just don't like the way that it makes me feel. Like every time I read it, it just feels like a little gut punch. And when I read it, it's like my gut reaction is to be like, eh, Jesus, I don't know if that's true. Like, I don't really know if all the words that I speak are a reflection of what is stored up in my heart. And that's my gut reaction because I don't want it to be true. I don't want the words that I speak to be a reflection of what I have stored up in my heart. 
And when I think about this interaction that Jesus is having with the Pharisees, honestly, I am taken to every single morning in our household. And mornings for me are absolutely, arguably the worst part of the day. And I have a habit of making it the worst part of the day for everyone in our household. And mornings is often where I I snap really easily. It's where my husband gets passive aggressive comments from me. In the mornings, there's a lot of like sighing and grunting, you know, where you don't say anything, but you have said a lot without saying anything at all. Like that is what's happening in our house in the morning. It is a whole lot of fun to be around. But in those moments that I consistently find myself in at our house, what I find is that often in those moments when words leave my mouth that I am less than proud of, Words that I wish I could take back, what I often find myself doing, and I would imagine that a lot of us find ourselves doing this in these moments, is that I just want to follow it up with something like, I'm just not a morning person, or I didn't really mean that, or that's not who I really am, or I was just stressed, or I was just pushed too far. And I find myself wanting to follow up that way because it feels like it lessens the blow. Feels like it justifies the words that are coming out of my mouth. But the reality is that Jesus made it incredibly clear that if it's not in our heart, it won't flow from our mouth. That if frustration isn't in my heart, well, then it won't flow from my mouth. If anger isn't in my heart, well, then anger won't flow from my mouth. If judgment is not in my heart, well, then it won't flow from my mouth then it also means that the opposite is true. Is that if it's in our heart, it will flow from our mouth. If frustration is in my heart, it will flow from my mouth. If judgment is in my heart, it will flow from my mouth. But if joy is in my heart, then joy will flow from my mouth. If peace is what is in my heart, then peace is what will flow from my mouth. And now, will we ever get to the point where we are proud of 100% of the things that come out of our mouth? I don't think so. Will we ever get perfect in this area? No, we're humans and we're broken and perfection in any area isn't possible. But I do think it is important to pay attention to the consistency of our words. And if you were to pay attention to the words that you consistently speak, what is the pattern that you would find in your life? When you think about the words that you consistently speak with your children at home, the words that you speak with your spouse, when you think about the words that you're speaking sitting in traffic, when you're talking with your coworkers, with your clients, when you're spending time with your friends, When you think about the words that you speak, are the words that you consistently speak, are they careful or careless? Are your words generous or greedy? Are your words selfless or selfish? Are your words kind or cruel? And this list could honestly keep going for a really long time, but the alliteration got hard for me and I had to stop somewhere. So this is as far as we got. But when you think about the words that you consistently speak, ultimately, do your words bring life or death? And that may feel really weighty. 
And that may feel like there's a lot of pressure being put on you when it comes to your words. But ultimately, this is what our words have the power to do. And for many of you, what you think about yourself, what you believe about yourself are because of the words that somebody has spoken to you or about you. Our words, they have the power to to bring confidence to somebody when they don't have confidence. Our words have the power to to speak belief over someone's life. Our words have have the power to empower somebody. And for a lot of you, where you are at in life right now is because of the life-giving words that somebody was willing to speak to you. Then there's others of you, and you have experienced that words have the power to make you feel small. The words have the power to make you feel meaningless. The words have the power to make you feel worthless. And you have had to do a lot of work or are maybe still currently having to do a lot of work to unravel the pain and the shame and the lies that you believe about yourself because of the words that somebody has spoken to you. And you see, when it comes to our heart, the condition of our heart, it affects the condition of our lives but the condition of our heart, it also has the power to affect the condition of somebody else's life. And that is what is at stake when it comes to guarding our heart and to paying attention to the condition of our heart. Because Jesus, he was really clear. He was very clear that whatever is stored up in our heart, we will experience the overflow in our life. And we will experience that overflow specifically through our words. And we're not the only people who are affected by our words. There is always somebody else on the other side of it. And it's why what King Solomon urges us to do is so important. But what we have stored up in our heart, we have control over. We have control over the things that we give our time to over the things that we give our attention to, over the things that we spend our time focused on that will eventually become stored up in our hearts. And Paul, in a letter that he writes uh, to the church at Philippi, he actually gives us some pretty good parameters of what we should pay attention to when it comes to what we focus our time and our attention on. And here is what Paul writes. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about such things. In other words, focus on such things. Meditate on such things. Give these things your attention. Store up these types of things in your heart. And so when it comes to what we give our time, our attention, our focus to, our thoughts to, Paul gives us some pretty good parameters. And everything that we do should be measured up against this list. Is it true? Is it noble? Is it right? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it admirable? Is it excellent? Is it praiseworthy? If it is, then spend time storing these things up in your heart. And if it doesn't, 
If it doesn't measure up against this list that Paul has given it, don't give it the time and the attention and the focus to allow it to store up in your heart. And when I think about this list that Paul has given us, and I think about this idea of what we store up in our heart, honestly, where my brain immediately goes is to parenting. And I'm a new parent. Um, Our son, Wells, just turned uh, one year a month ago. And I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing as a parent. I feel like before I had a kid, I was an expert parent and a really great parent. And then I had a child and now I'm like, I have absolutely no clue what I'm doing as a parent. We are figuring it out day by day. But there's one thing over the past year that I've noticed when it comes to Wells and what I hope for him. And that over the past year, I have started paying far more attention to what we allow in our home. I pay way more attention to what's on TV. I pay way more attention to the music that we listen to. I pay way more attention to the nature of conversations that are happening in our house. And I know that Wells at a year and younger than a year, I know that he doesn't understand everything. I know that he's not comprehending everything, but I also fully understand that he is a sponge and he is soaking it all up. And the things that he's surrounded by, the things that he is taking in, it is going to shape who he becomes. And when it comes to the things that Wells is exposed to, when it comes to the things that we give our time and our attention and our focus to, man, I want them to be true. I want it to be noble. I want them to be right. I want them to be pure, lovely and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy. And I want Wells to be exposed to this because ultimately I know that it is what is best for him. And when it comes to guarding my son and protected what he's surrounded by, that makes a lot of sense to me. But how often do we actually do this for ourselves? I think it can be pretty easy for us to get in the mindset that that what we give our time and our attention and our focus to, that it actually doesn't affect us that much. But that's not true. It does. Because Jesus, again, was clear that what we give our time to, our attention to, it becomes stored up in our heart. And whatever it is that we store up in our heart, we will experience the overflow in our life. Now, I'm not saying that you have to give up all of your entertainment or change all the music that you're listening to. And I'm not asking us to like live naive with our heads in the sand, but there may be some things that you need to reevaluate. There may be some things in your life that you need to reconsider. There may be some things that you know you are giving far too much time and attention and focus to in what it is storing up in your heart is not to your benefit and it is not to the benefit of those around you. And so maybe if for you, it looks like at some point, like you're just gonna have to shut off the news or stop reading the article. Or maybe it means that in the mornings, like we don't roll over and the first thing we do is open our phone where we're inundated with everything that's going on in the world. And how many of us, when we roll over and open our phone, the first thing we do is get on social media and it's like the immediate, like you're hit with the comparison, you're hit with the measuring up or let's be real for some of you, if you were to see one more video of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, like it's just, and if you're a Taylor Swift fan, maybe it's storing up a lot of joy in your heart. But if you're not, like it's just time to put the phone away. 
But truly, for all of us, I think it's worth taking time to consider what are the things that we are giving our time and attention to that are becoming stored up in our hearts. And when I think about how this practically plays out in our life, I think about a scale similar to this. And we have a choice every single day of what we are going to choose to store up in our hearts. And we could choose to store up things like bitterness and anger and frustration and sorrow and comparison. Those are the things that we could choose to give our time and our attention and our focus to. And if we do, those are going to be the things that become stored up in our heart. And if it's stored up in our heart, well, then we'll experience the overflow in our life. And if these are the things that are stored up in our hearts, well, then the overflow, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be life-giving. That's just not possible. Or instead, instead we could choose to store up in our heart things that are true and noble. Or we could choose to store up in our heart things that are right and pure. Or we could choose to store up in our heart things that are lovely and admirable. And we can choose to store up in our heart things that are excellent and praiseworthy. And when we store these things up in our heart, we will experience that overflow in our life. And now we can't escape every hard and bad or evil thing in this world, but we can outweigh it. We can tip the scale in this direction. And when we've done this, when we've outweighed it, well then when bitterness tries to work its way into our heart, when bitterness tries to store up in our heart, it's going to be a lot easier to fight it off because we've already tipped the scale. When anger tries to make its way into our heart, it's going to be a lot easier to choose what is right and true because we have already tipped the scale in the other direction. And so when it comes to your life, when it comes to the things that you focus your time on, when it comes to the things that you give your attention to, when it comes to the things that you are storing up in your heart, what would it look like if you chose to start your day tipping the scale? And starting your day here, that's intentional because all day long, we are going to be tempted to store things in our heart that are not to our benefit and that are not to the benefit of others. And we're gonna face things all day long that are hard, things that are painful, things that push us, things that test us. But if we have chosen to start our day tipping the scale, well, then it's going to be a lot easier to fight those things off. And starting our day tipping the scale, it doesn't have to be that complicated. It may be as simple as you're going to start your day in scripture. It may be as simple as choosing to start your day with a prayer of gratitude. It may be as simple as starting your day, taking time to reflect back on God's faithfulness and goodness of recognizing what he's done in your life and trusting that he's going to continue to do those things. Or it may mean that on your drive into work that you are gonna change what you listen to. You're gonna turn off your, your typical podcast or you're gonna turn off your typical music and instead you're gonna listen to worship music. 
so that you store up in your hearts the things that you want to overflow throughout the day. Or maybe on your commute to work, you don't listen to anything and you just spend time praying, thanking God for who he is, asking him to show up in your life that you would store up things that are good and lovely and right and noble and admirable and praiseworthy and excellent. And if we would be willing to do this, if we would be willing to start our day tipping the scale, I think we would begin to see the overflow of our lives look different. You see the condition of our heart, it affects the condition of our life, but the condition of our heart, it also has the power to affect the condition of somebody else's life. It's why our heart is worth guarding. It's why it's worth protecting. It's why it's worth checking in on. It's why it's worth paying attention to. And so this week, what would it look like if you chose to start your day tipping the scale and as you do pay attention to the overflow in your life, specifically through your words? I would love to pray for us. Heavenly Father, God, I pray that as we evaluate the condition of our heart, as we evaluate the state of our heart, Father, that you would give us the wisdom to choose what is right and pure and lovely and noble and admirable and praiseworthy and excellent. And Father, if there are things in our life that that we need to set up boundaries for, that, that we need to limit in our life, Father, would you give us the wisdom to know how to move forward that? And Father, when we don't get this right, because we're not always going to get us right, Father, would we remember the grace that you offer us? But Father, I pray that we would move forward knowing, believing that our heart is worth guarding, it's worth protecting, it's worth paying attention to the condition because everything we do flows from it. Father, we love you. We're so grateful for who you are and it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.